listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Welcome to this week's episode of Darling Shine. Hello, darlings. Welcome. I am seriously just so excited about today's episode. Can we just jump straight in? Okay, guys. So yes. we have Ellie Sedgwick, one of our friends from home. We also call her Eggy. Everyone knows her as Eggy. So we've got Eggy coming in today. Eggy is an extremely rare and unique human. I'm telling you, you will never meet anyone as... <laughs> As like free and liberated as the soul that is Eggy. Um, when COVID fucks off, she's like gallivanting up and down. Or she's actually gallivanting all over the world, sharing her her light and wisdom um, about all things being comfortable in my skin and labiaplasty. She actually started the movement Comfortable in My Skin three years ago. Happy birthday to Comfortable in My Skin, by the way. Um, Thank you. Yes, you've, you're doing so much. You're currently working on a coffee table book where you're shooting fi- over 500 vulvas. Um, we're going to dive straight into all this. Um, and because, now. Yeah, you're doing boobs as well. Yes. Boobs um, is a jack of all trades. <laughs> tits and bits. Tits and bits, darling. <laughs> tits and flaps. That's flaptastic. <laughs> um, no, Happiness but you are, is flappiness. Happiness is flappiness, darling. <laughs> But no, like you're going to tell us how labiaplasty is the fastest growing cosmetic surgery in the world and statistics show a huge number of vulva owners are worried that they do not look normal downstairs. Um, You're going to teach us how we cannot shame the portal from which we came, darling. So welcome, Ellie. We Well, we've known you for, Chloe and I have known you forever. We've all grown up together on the Northern Beaches and you are fucking wild, but you're also so amazing and so professional and just an absolute go-getter. So I'm just, I've never been more excited. You're like our friend, but I'm still just in such awe and shock and I just love you so much, Elle. Let's go. Oh, Welcome. Thank you so much. I was getting teary at the start there. I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> not, not, not today. Um, but, well, I think to start with, we love Ellie's stories. She literally pulls the most wild as shit out of her ass like I dead set will be sitting there I actually remember one time when um it was me Chumpy Elodie and Ellie were like sitting at the um dinner table and I don't know what I can't even remember what the story was but Chumpy and I just sitting there just going what the fuck is she talking about (laughs) kicking each other under the table and you're just telling these stories like it's just like an everyday like occurrence and Ellie's like yeah Ellie Elodie like loves it and like it was just they just but anyway, anyway um, I was so like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, tell me everything. <laughs> but anyway, I want you to tell us a bit about what you do because you basically have nannied for a royal family in India and then you work at sex parties but and childcare centers when you're in Australia. Like how on earth do you like, please tell me some stories for, from that because that's fucking funny. Explain. <laughs> Well, with the Indian family and the sex parties, it's quite hilarious because that was actually in the same building. So what happened with that was the Indian family, I've worked for them for about six years and the dad owns um, India's one of their main supplies of oil. So we 
um, travel a lot and they have a place in Mayfair in London and they asked me to be on standby in their new penthouse apartment and so I was living in there and while the family wasn't there I became quite friendly with the neighbour who was the floor below me. (laughs) (laughs) His name's Edward Davenport. You can look him up. He is He'd Eddie. just gotten out of jail, Eddie. Yeah, we called him Eddie. Um, and he happened to host sex parties. His story is really interesting. Um, he has very, very naughty parties for very rich and famous people. And, of and course, we'd find you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious because I'd actually ran out of money and um, he had five oh hookers God. that lived with him all year round. And I met them in the elevator. He always hired girls from Thailand and their names were Mandy and Candy. And they were like, oh um, <laughs> I told them, I was like, oh, I've got to go and ask the door guy if I can get borrow some money until my pay comes in for this job. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we know someone that could pay you to come and work at the bar. And at this time I didn't know that they were sex parties. And so he told me to dress sexy and I used what did to you wear. <laughs> it oh was gosh. like it, all the other girls when I arrived were in like lingerie that was pretty much triangles with diamantes um, and no Stop. fabric over the nipples and no fabric over the crutch. And I had just finished working on the super yachts as a stewardess, so I turned up in my squat, like the shorts <laughs> under the skirt. Oh, my gosh. Ellie, and, um, oh, my God. You <laughs> are usually the most you are usually the most overdressed person at everything. Like I'm pretty sure you come to like funerals wearing like bright sequins and stuff. Like you're always like, do you think this is okay to wear to a wedding? And we're like, um, <laughs> like you're always like dressed like in something hectic. So I'm surprised to see that you weren't like the out there one. <laughs> I know. I thought I was doing a bar shift. I didn't realize it was like a killing kitten sex party. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, and that was my first shift and I absolutely loved it and I ended up working for him for the whole summer. Um, And I think what actually goes down, what actually went down there? So um, we would have different nights. So some nights it might be like, say, someone like the Chelsea soccer team who can't really go out into public without media, so they would hire the place and then we would have supply like a party pretty much. Um, And then other nights it would be, yes, say Killing Kittens is a sex um, a sex party brand or whatever you want to call it. So sometimes, and you can just buy tickets and go to that. So people like you and me could just buy a ticket and turn up. Um, right. And it, they're really amazing because often it's people that like maybe feeling bisexual and want to explore um, mm. being being with someone the same sex. So they might go, or it might be couples that are wanting to try an open relationship. So they might go. Um, or it might just be um, someone that's an nymphomaniac and they might go. You can go for all different reasons. Was it like flaptastic where like chicks are running around with like Skittles popping out down there and stuff? (laughs) I don't know what flaptastic is. Words. I don't know either. It's Elodie. It's Elodie's oh. vocabulary. She makes words up. You're gonna have no, to no, get no, used no. to that. I was on Ellie's I... Instagram this morning, and she's changed her bio recently to "happiness is flappiness." And I was like, this whole episode, I'm just gonna chuck the word "flap" in as many fucking times as possible. <laughs> you even told me that, and I still didn't. Yours. I literally. <laughs> I was on the phone to Ellie this morning going like, this is going to be so flaptastic. And she's going, flappiness is happiness, rah, rah. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to be hilarious. 
Um, <laughs> um, oh yeah, gosh, it was, that was yeah, bad. there was Skittles everywhere coming out. There would be like, wait, 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 stop. People put fucking Skittles in themselves. So, no, yesterday? no, but like, I'm just asking. Well, wait, what? No, no, no. I mean, I have done that in a photo shoot once, which is actually very <laughs> okay. funny that Elodie randomly funny. said that, but I never saw that at the sex parties. Okay. okay. But I just wanted to clarify that. Through. I don't know what you've been party. doing, Elodie. I don't do Skittles, skittles up you. but I thought at those, like, sex shows, there's, like, things popping <laughs> out of. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, I've heard of I it. Know, but, like, <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But L, L, okay. Firstly, can you please tell us, right. like, obviously we're going to be referring to vulvas a lot in today's chat. This is everything that you're working towards is normalising vulvas. Um, can you please talk to us? about what the difference between a vagina and a vulva is. Like explain the anatomy doll. Okay, sure. So the vagina is the canal um, so that your menstrual flow will come through or that your uh, penis might insert if you're having heterosexual, heterosexual sex. So it goes up to your uterus where your baby Elodie will come out. Very exciting. Oh, interesting, darling. So it's that canal there. But people often call it, the whole exterior parts, they'll often call that the, the vagina, but it's the wrong terminology. So that's why there's a huge movement now for people to call it the vulva because it's kind of like taking back ownership of and, and getting to know it and understanding it. It's like if you ended up going to a health professional and you there was something wrong with your labia majora or your labia minora and you didn't know your own anatomy, like how are you mm. going to express that to a health professional? Or if you're in the bedroom and you're having intimacy with someone, it's a lot easier to communicate what feels good for you if you know the correct terminology for your own body. And do so the, know it too. Or your sexual yeah, partner so, need to know that too. Yeah, so the vulva is like the clitoris, um, the mons pubis, which is underneath where all your pubes are, um, your anus, your panerium, um, your labia minora, your labia majora, your urethra, which is where you pee from. Um, wow. So it's all the exterior part going on down there. There's the vulva's wow. the whole exterior part. Yeah. So all um, of that okay. is essentially the vulva. Like, yes. Can you please yeah. talk to us about your journey growing up um, and like what essentially led you into advocating a, about normalizing, you know, everyone's vulva's normal? Can you can you talk to us about that path? Yes, sure. So when I was about 14, I was sitting in a math classroom and a boy, he gave me a note and it actually said, do you have an innie or an outie? And I remember thinking like, Elodie, this is what you said, um, that when someone you heard first heard innie or outie, you thought it was your belly button. Yeah. <laughs> and I was the Very same. Sad. I was the same and I ended up finding out that he was talking about my vulva and that's when I first heard the term in or Audi and I was like, I don't know what I have and everything and that's when I started completely freaking out thinking that I was different and it was sad to have an Audi or anything like that. Um, and then as I got older, it just, there was a lot of different things that stuck in my head. Um, like when I was surfing, I've heard the boys say she had a kebab pussy or all these little, um, terminologies over the years that even girls have said, um, around me and it just created this 
thing in my head that I thought a certain kind of vulva was a better vulva than the other and maybe the one that I had wasn't as socially acceptable as beautiful um and it just sort of got worse and worse as I got older um and I was the only person I ever spoke to about it was actually my sister I used to cry to her all the time and she was so amazing because we have they're pretty much the same vulva and she's like it's beautiful like it functions we're so lucky like Nikki was always super amazing um but I really I really struggled I couldn't get out of my head and every time I went to go see a doctor because I did go see just like the GP um they would just be like you're normal and they'd do maybe an STD check or I just feel like no one ever really helped me like I was searching pretty hard for help only in like the doctor's um like I never spoke to friends about it ever um I was really yeah I felt really isolated I and I'm really close to my mum and dad as you guys know but I never even spoke to them um until eventually my sister suggested and this is when I was about in my early 20s and she told me about labiaplasty and Nikki was like maybe this could be a something that could help you um because you know you've you've been through a long big journey of um, not connecting with this part of your body. So I, that's when I started looking into labiaplasty. And when I was going in Sydney, the doctors in like Double Bay and stuff were just like, yeah, they didn't even look at my body. They were like, yeah, we can do this. This is what it costs. And at that time I didn't have the money when I went to the ones in Sydney. And then this is when I went to India because I, as and you guys you know, 16. I were 16. Sorry, you were 16 and you went to the. Early 20s. No, early twenties. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. And they wouldn't <laughs> even seen skills dolls. They didn't even look, and they said, "Yeah, we can do it." That's why. Yeah, they they just give you options. They're just like, yeah. They were even saying like, because they hadn't seen mine. If your um, labia is eight centimeters below your outer labia, they're like, we can do it under Medicare. But I mean, mine isn't that long, um, so I would have had to have paid the full price. But I was like, I don't have that money. But then when I went over to India, I did have the money because I'd been saving for a long time. And that's when I had this amazing experience with this cosmetic surgeon over there who was just so Bollywood. He was just like, I could describe him so well. He's like a bigger guy. His head wobbles a thousand kilometers. He's just like, stop. <laughs> I love it. Oh, he was so great. Um, hilarious man. And he said to me, he's like, yeah, I." he was just such a amazing man he's like I, I do this and this and this and but the problem was is that I was so awkward when I went in and asked for this surgery that I was calling it um liposuction and and going like this I was like I want liposuction and we got into this really weird situation where this man thought that I wanted my legs liposuctioned and so he was God. saying, yeah, he and he got a highlighter he even drew on my legs and then oh I ended up gosh. saying to him I was so awkward. I was like, do you know that I mean my, and I said my vagina and he was like, oh, and I had my undies on and he, he was like, show me. And then he just was like, this is, he was like, madam, this is just your labia. Like, and he was like, no, no. And then that's when we went back to his office and he went and got a side mirror and like held it like this and made me turn like this. And he told me to put my teeth forward. And then this is when he was like, um, you should spend the money. It's the same price on getting a chin extension instead of fixing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was sitting there holding the mirror just being like, 
what is happening? Like, why, why, how did I get myself in this situation? Like, you're choosing like, your I, greatest asset, doll. No, I know, I know. When I left, I actually <laughs> sent Steph a um, photo, like a selfie, our mutual friend Steph being like doing this. I was like, the guy told me to change my fucking chin. Can you imagine? <laughs> I go in for labiaplasty and he's asking me to fix my face. You clearly oh, yeah. have, you clearly have nothing my, wrong like, down there moment where I was like why on earth would I change my face and then I was like well I guess that's when it all started for me when I was like why would I change my body like down there my vulva and he did say to me you need to go and look at others and you'll see that yeah you are just completely normal and and I just yeah took it much further and I'm gonna photograph 500 different ones and show the world that we are all normal (laughs) that's amazing so good how yeah, many are you up L- to now? Um, about three hundred and twenty. Um, wow. Yes, yes. So I've just been shooting a lot. It's wow. funny because at the start, like the first year, I was obviously traveling a lot, nannying and sex parties. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> this year's been like Corona, so I go through waves where I'll do like, you know, a lot of people, and then I'll just work hard on like doing podcasts or other things. Um, Can anyone book in to get these? Like where? how do people book in if they want to book in to have one? Yeah, anyone can book in for a photo shoot. I don't do anything online um, like photo shoot wise, um, but I um, anyone that has a vulva can book in. So I've done transgender women. I really struggle with cultural diversity. So I would I'm always open to asking anyone like that's even age diversity, culture diversity. I'm calling in anyone with a vulva to come and be a representation Mm. of them so that anyone that opens the book can be like, okay, this is me. This looks a little bit like me. So no one feels alone. And it's it's not really just like a quick snap, like a quick photo shoot. It's more like a ritual. Can you explain that? Like you you empower these women so much. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, everyone has a story and everyone has a journey so that usually there's a reason why someone has come to me and it's crazy how much I have learned from doing this for three years. There are so many things that I didn't know about that even existed um, and and like Chloe said, I do breasts as well. So sometimes people will come because they have you know, um, breasts that are different sizes and they feel uncomfortable naked and they just want to stand naked in front of someone that's not going to judge them. So everyone comes with a different reason. There might be someone that um, I photographed someone a few weeks ago that has only ever been naked in front of one person, which is her husband um, in her whole life. And so she was like, I'm 50 now. I just want someone else besides my husband to see me naked just to see how I feel yeah so um whenever they come we first sit down and I ask them what their reason is for coming and then um we do a whole workshop so um I photograph up to four people at once so some if there's four people we'll shoot for three hours and the workshop will go for two hours um and through that we do like anatomy um we do loads of talking um, we tell stories. We actually go through flip through my flaps together on on the big computer, and yeah, we do like burning. So we write down. We do a lot of journaling together. We write down things that they want to burn that they don't want to carry anymore. As they take off their clothes, they release things that they don't want to hold anymore, and we do like a ceremony. Um, I have a lot of crystals, Chloe. You and I have always got crystals. Um, 
And so, yeah, when, when they finally go to take off their clothes, they can hold like a rose quartz crystal for self-love. Um, but I would never make someone take their clothes off and be photographed until they were ready, until they're really comfortable. Oh, you are seriously amazing. Oh, thanks, I Chloe. haven't done one yet. Elodie hasn't done one yet. But. Yeah, we haven't had ours shot, but you would just be liberating so many people. Like, I think I tried to photograph you, Elodie, when I was in Queensland with you a while ago and you were like, no, sis. No. <laughs> really? I don't even remember. I asked you, you were like, no, sis. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we went to the alpaca farm around Well, then, you should photograph me now. It's it's very puff daddy down there. Pregnancy yeah, puff. What's, what's, um, what's changed for you through pregnancy down there? It's just puffy the last few weeks. <laughs> but that's a, that's a thing. Like it like is swollen, puff the whole daddy. thing. Puff daddy can you is shave? in my house. Can you, can you reach well, down there? I can't. Or? I can't reach. I mean, I can't see much down there because, um, my belly, yeah, obviously is in the way. But, um, yeah, like Loz, who just gave birth, like one of my other friends, she's just like, no, nah, you just got to do it in the mirror and, just, yeah, whatever. But, no, I can't I can't really see down there, obviously just in the mirror. <laughs> it's half daddy is all I can tell you. Oh, Has it changed so colour? No. No. It does, it does go darker. People say it goes darker down there, but that hasn't happened yet. Nice, nice. Oh, well, I'm gonna have no. to check it out. I need to get across that yes. border. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> Ellie, so I like constantly go on and on about fertility and obviously the female reproductive system and like everything that I've gone through. I've just learned so much about kind of that region. And like I always say, it's something that we, it should have been spoken about in school. Like I actually don't understand why we are not taught about the female reproductive system um, and fertility. And I guess vulva diversity should kind of fall under this category. Do you think that normalizing vulva diversity, bleh, vulva <laughs> diversity, oh my God, spit it out. It's something that we should be taught in school. Or like, yeah, I think it's like part everyone's of like, just competing to be so perfect these days, but no one's taught that this everyone's different. Well, it exactly. fits into like this huge gap that there is in the sex education. Um, but I think that there is a giant shift that's happening. Even that show, Sex Education, is <laughs> that's come out. There's all these, you know, really great Instagram pages I that you can it. follow now. And I think like. I'm so honoured to be a part of this huge change that is happening in the world mm. that we're all pushing for so badly to for all of this to become part of sex education in high school because it is so important and I think it would make a huge difference if we all learnt everything that I talk about and comfortable with my skin mm. and I think it's um, it's humans need to talk to other humans because we are all going through all these things silently and I'm mm. a huge advocate of talking. I think that um, communicating with anyone and everyone um, about the things that you're going through makes you feel so much less alone and like Chloe, I'm sure you've met so many other people mm. going through what you've yeah. went through um, and I think there is going to be ways um, now that everyone's speaking up and we're using social media that we can connect with other people that are going through what we're going through because from things like hemorrhoids to herpes, even Elodie to losing loved ones, like it's all 
it's all things that are happening to people out there every single day. Um, but that needs to be spoken about because we need to learn from each other how to go through it. And if I had have seen what other people's vulvas looked like in high school at a young age, I never would have felt this shame. I never, ever, ever would have felt this shame. And I, I am creating what I wish I had in high school because we are so different and I created in my head this weird idea that I had a different vulva, but I, it's actually completely normal. Um so, yeah, I think it would have been very different if I was taught or shown different diagrams in sex education mm. or if they had better resources, which is why I'm creating yeah. through my flabs so that schools can have a book to be like, this is what they look like. And I think as well, like there's so much stuff in school, like so many subjects like that you get taught in school that are like compulsory subjects. Like I seriously do not barely remember anything yeah. I learned in school. Why are we not taught life skills? Like it's yeah. crazy. Like they, they, I don't remember anything about sex ed that I got taught. Like I don't, there was like one and there was that one video about how to make a baby and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, we're learning <laughs> yeah. about fucking algebra 3 plus A. Like that's so unnecessary. <laughs> you should be coming into our Seriously. 3 plus like, A, like fuck off. When the hell, like with most <laughs> normal people, unless you're nah. like a someone that uses yeah. letters to count. Bro, I don't um, think I don't think it's ever necessary. <laughs> But they need to have um, like special sex educators to come in because yeah. how many people do you know are uncomfortable talking about sex alone in the bedroom with their partner, let alone in front of a whole classroom? So Fully. it's like they need to educate mm. people. It needs to be like, I mean, sexologists and stuff, but they need to be going into high schools because it's hard to get your PE teacher, your everyday like John from yeah, down yeah, the street fully. coming in, mm. talking to young kids. <laughs> About how to yeah. communicate, how if you want anal, it's okay, whatever, as long as you consent. Like, mm. it's like really hard yeah. To, and yeah, a math yeah, teacher agree. to talk about. Eggy, you need to become the new healthy Harold in schools. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what you do after you've released the coffee table book. Okay, I'm, I'm so down. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> it would be. I love that. I mean, we need to multiply, <laughs> multiply Eggies. Need yeah. more than half need a, a dozen. We need a few of you though. Yeah. We need a few running around. What about like <laughs> what about I remember you telling me about the dads, some of the dads that you nanny are like, what you're doing is amazing because they have young girls and they want them to grow up feeling comfortable. Like, can you talk to us about them? Yeah, so I work at um a kindergarten on the northern beaches and uh, a lot of the people I photograph are teachers or lawyers and they always say to me like can I come into this project and just be anonymous because I'm a teacher or because I'm a mum and I actually had someone pull out of the book because she's a mum of two teenage boys and she got a little bit worried that they were going to find out and um, I feel like I'm actually I'm a teacher and I'm really proud to be doing this and I'm really proud to talk about safe sex and um, a lot of the parents at the kindergarten I work at talk to me um, with questions of like how old should I be talking to my little girls about um, getting their periods and things like this and yeah there's a dad um, who I've worked with forever and he's got two daughters and he's like I cannot wait to have this coffee table book on my kitchen bench so that the girls never ever ever grow up feeling like they have to change their bodies to fit society's idea of beauty they're just going to know that every everyone's different and they can come to me whenever they like and 
bodies is not a topic, a subject that's off topic, like taboo, fuck off, like come and talk to me about whatever you want. And Comfortable with My Skin is a really good bridging way for them to come forward. Like a lot of people I know that have want to bring up a, a topic that they're struggling to talk about, they send them like a post that I've done and then they'll send it to their partners and be like, can we talk about this tonight? And it's the same with parents. They'll send me a message and be like, can I talk, how can I bring this up with my wife or something like that so we can talk to my kids? Um, but, yeah, I talk to the parents all the time. So people are like, wait, you're a nanny and you photograph pussy. And I'm like, yeah, and it goes really hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. It literally does kind of go hand in hand. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love you know, that for you, Ellie. It's so scary for a young person who gets their period and they've not been taught anything about it. Like we need to be teaching these things so much older or when you suddenly get pubic hair. I photographed two mums and they bought um, one. You guys know them, Northern Beaches girls, and they've, they've got so many kids between the two of them and they bought all the girls. And I've got these videos of them jumping on the bed because my bedroom has like all the vulvas on Polaroids printed out. <laughs> and um, they're like jumping on the bed being like, oh, there's pubes and everything. So, oh and um, and they're like, I've got the best videos. I'll have to put them up so you guys can share them. But they're like, am I going to look like this when I'm older? And they, the mum was like, yeah, yeah, you might have red pubes because we have red hair and you know, the other mum's like, oh, you're going to be really bushy because I'm really bushy, but you might not be and that's okay. Like it's just voicing it all. And these girls are like six and eight and they've just loved the whole experience. They loved watching their mum be photographed and she was pregnant. So we photographed her beautiful belly during it and just like we wow. did this whole wow. like worshipping of the mother and her belly and we put crystals all over it. We had the young girls blessing the belly and it's so oh, nice. for so nice. It's so nice for the kids to grow up in this environment to understand that if, like, nudity can be safe if you, you know, but um, yeah. if if done with people that you love and people that are safe. Um, and then mm-hmm. they honour their bodies and they can learn about, like, consent and their, their worth. Like, we're teaching them self-worth and how to say no and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just making the conversations less awkward. I guess like on that uh, kind of on that topic about the feet, like the body, um, a, a lot of our fo- um, listeners always write to us and say like, what would you tell your younger self or what would you tell your 20-year-old self or teenage self? Like what would you have told your younger self and like what advice can you give younger girls going through these self-esteem or body shaming kind of issues? Hmm. I would say be unconditionally yourself and unapologetically yourself. And again, going back to the voicing, whatever you're thinking, because I held it in so much. And I know, Elodie, we were speaking this morning about two of our really good friends had labiaplasty when they were, one was 16 and the other one was 18. And I felt so really? sad. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't even know this was a thing until I heard you start talking about it. Like, obviously not today, but like, I'm like, mm. it's all new to me. Mm. I didn't even know. Yeah, well, I just wish that I had, because we were, would have been all in high school together and feeling the same things. And it's so sad that we kept mm. it in and didn't speak with each other because we could have just like yeah. created all these totally. fun jokes about it and like had a laugh and been like, okay, we all feel this way. And I think that that's the thing with everything. It's like you should never go through anything alone and that's what I want to say to teenagers is like reach out for help and ask ask your parents or ask your sisters or your family or, yeah, reach out to me or someone that's a safe um, 
like model for you, role model, mm. um, because you're probably not alone. And also just to love the body that you have, because I truly do think all beautiful bodies are beautiful bodies. Mm. Um, and you know, you, you should just age gracefully with whatever it is that you have, because you're only going to have one body your whole life. So you, you better make it a good one, the love and, and relationship. I, and you I have guess, with it. yeah, I guess we're also kind of like, before we got on this, um, recording, we're all kind of throwing around, things that we are insecure about because obviously every there's something in every single person's body that like they don't yeah. love like I mean look I'm not I'm saying don't love but like are insecure about because like we're obviously promoting self-love so you've got to love your whole self um yeah. but I was like thinking before and like I I said to Ellie she's like what are you insecure about and I was like well I've had lots of, I actually, when I was younger, I had my appendix out and I had this like scar that's like, I guess anyone else is, it was like a keyhole surgery, but like I have this scar like just below my Mm. um, underpant line and it kind of like healed. It's probably like one centimeter in um, size and it like healed like a little bit like keloid scar. Um, Mm. So it was like a little bit raised. And then after now having my um, laparoscopies and hysteroscopies at the beginning of this year, I've got like another three scars, like all in that area, like one towards my hip, one towards like a few more. And it's like, I mean, obviously I'm married and like Paul is like the only sexual partner that I have. But like I I feel like if I wasn't, I would definitely be, I wouldn't want to, I'd feel weird being. Yeah, I'd say my my advice to that is to, give yourself that part of your body extra love every single day like when you're in the shower and you're maybe doing a breast massage or if you're going to bed and you're masturbating if Paul's away or if Paul's (laughs) next to you I would use oil and I would massage that part of my body and give it even more love than any other part of my body and try and connect with it and you know what you don't have to completely love every single part of your body but you can accept it and you can say okay I have these scars that's reality. I'm going to have them every single day. So I'm going to give them extra love when I give my body love. And I think that doing those like morning or nighttime self-pleasure routines does help people so much. And I think it is a really important part. It should be part of everybody's day. Um, And especially if you have something that you feel self-conscious of, um, Elodie, I know maybe you were saying sometimes you don't love every part of your legs, but if you massage Mm. your legs and and give them more love. <laughs> I love um, you so much, seriously. You're like, when you guys... can't reach them right now. <laughs> yeah, can't reach them like... right now. <laughs> but it's, you're so cute. You're like, yeah, but if you girls are in the shower and maybe you're giving yourself a breast massage, maybe a massage. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, is this a thing we should, like, I'm going to implement that into my everyday routine, a breast massage. Why not? Like, that's stunning. Fully. <laughs> you should. But you absolutely should. I really, yes, it's important to. Yeah, be honouring and you have to do the work. Like so many people Mm. come to me and they're like, I've never had an orgasm. I've never, you know, I've never. And I'm like, but have you gotten to know your body? Have you put in the work? It's like, you know, someone saying I can't play the piano. I'm like, have you ever practiced playing the piano? Have you spent the time? You know, that's the same thing with pleasure and with body positivity and all of that. You have it. It does take work. You have to put in the time and the love. One thing I I do sometimes think like if sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I feel like getting in a bikini today or something, I think when I'm like 80 and, you know, I'm down at the local pool doing laps in my one piece or whatever, I'll be like looking at these younger girls running around in bikinis, Mm -hmm. looking 
just like free and young and I'll I'll just be like why like rip into a bikini while you can like you know not, not, not while you can because you can your whole life but like we're in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s like those are our years to be ripping into little little bikinis and and just like feeling free in in that like we don't we shouldn't yeah. be we shouldn't be covering up at this age. I mean, you we shouldn't be covering up, up yeah. but we just need a rocket and just, yeah, that's sometimes Rock when I don't what you feel, got. feel confident. You have to um, step out mm. of your comfort zone. I photographed a girl on the Northern Beaches, again, um, who hadn't worn a bikini for five years. She hadn't, if she'd been to the beach, she'd just worn like board shorts and she dove in and got out and I gave her homework for the next five weekends mm. in a row to go and spend two hours at the beach in a bikini and send me hot selfies. And she did it and she's like, it was about two years ago and she just spent half her life at the beach now and she was saying she feels so sad that she missed out on so many years of being in the ocean Mm. um, because of worrying what other people, can you imagine not one other person would ever be looking at her judging her in a bikini. Literally. We build these things up in our head and it's really, really sad. Yeah, like you're walking down to go for a swim and you're like, everyone must be watching me right now. And the truth is no one's really watching. Like just go for a swim no, and have yeah, fun. Seriously. <laughs> so I want you to tell us about what is the most rewarding thing that you've got out of Comfortable in My Skin, the movement that you've created. Surely you've got a big one. <laughs> yes, there's. I have a few biggies. I mean, it's definitely the transformation from when someone walks in for a photo shoot to when they walk out um, or even six months later when they send me amazing messages being like um, one girl met her boyfriend the night after the photo shoot because she went out into Manly just feeling mm. so beautiful and confident and she said mm. "I would. they're going to get married and she's like I would have never have gotten you know, up to him, she went up to him. She said she was just feeling so confident. Um, so she wrote me a huge thank you message. There was um, someone's husband of the person I photographed the night before the wedding wrote me a message saying, I just w- I want to let you know I'm getting married tomorrow to somebody that you once photographed about two years ago and you changed our whole relationship. Um, oh, and I'm, I yeah. Oh, so I'm going to cry. It was so so emotional for me um and so yeah being part of people's journeys to I am gonna cry um to loving <laughs> to loving oh, don't I'll fucking cry <laughs> you're literally but, changing so many people's lives it's, it's wild it's pretty crazy it's um I do feel really blessed to be part of these journeys um and but even watching in the four hours or three hours that they're with me the transformation but then yeah mostly hearing from either their loved ones or from them a little bit later in life of what what's changed because of that one shoot they did with me it's it's really heartwarming (laughs) it's unbelievable actually um amazing yeah um so it's it's an easy answer it's got to be that the transformation of someone that I photographed and then there is about um, nine people that have gotten in touch with me that have been booked in for labiaplasty that have um, had paid the deposit and everything that have cancelled after finding comfortable in my skin, oh. even in London and overseas. And they've reached out. They've sent me like screenshots being like, look, I was booked in and I pulled out once I listened to your podcast or I heard 
found your page and that one really gets me like crying because I I had someone um, change my life and now I'm changing other people's lives and so I can personally feel that connection and I and that one really gets me (laughs) and it's all thanks that beautiful Indian man who changed your life at the start (laughs) Yeah, You're honestly, incredible. You you also do a little bit of a clothing line called Comfortable in the Skin, the label. Do you want to tell um, our listeners a little bit about that and what that's all about? Yes, and so I'm wearing it now. You're Sorry, wearing darlings. it. If, if anyone's are. watching on YouTube, I'm actually wearing the crop top. I'm actually wearing the bottoms, but I don't know if you guys want to see. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the top is so comfortable. Um, I live Everyone in it. To get some. The reason why that started was because I was needed to start charging for photo shoots just because it became my full time. I stopped teaching and wanted to do this full time. And then I felt like I wanted to give the people I was shooting something to take home. So that's when the t-shirt I'm wearing, I started giving them as gifts. And then I think in the first day I put it up saying I had them, I sold like 300 in one day. So I was like, oh, wow, people want this. And then <laughs> Um, I just started going more and more doing the crops and undies. And then um, the sex toys is, um, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> this is really exciting. Um, well, that came <laughs> because um, everyone was starting to write to me because I guess I do talk about masturbation and stuff quite a lot on Comfortable Skin's Instagram. Um, and so people started asking me, like, oh, what do you use? Um, so then I decided to sell and create what I like to use personally for me and then I can teach people how to use it for them because that all fits into like when people come to me and they're like and I'll say to someone say like do you usually have clitoral orgasms or do you have penetration orgasms and people like I don't even know I don't know the difference so I'm like get to know your body get to know what works for you and then you're going to have better sex on your own you're going to have better partnered sex and I love talking about it so I just figured I'm going to like start fucking selling it (laughs) yes, because I'm so passionate about it and the clothing is really great because I mean it's just merchandise really there's people walking around so it gets people talking about it um people often message me being like I just bumped into someone wearing a comfortable my skin t-shirt in Darwin it happened the other day in Darwin you know all over Australia yeah and it's like a beautiful little community and so people can um make new friends with like-minded people yeah. We all needed this so much. You've you've created such uh, like a cult following on Instagram or mm-hmm. on social media in general. And what you've also done, and you can talk about this, like I'd love for you to um, elaborate on this. You've also created little group chats, haven't you? Like you've got like a herpes mm-hmm. chat. Um, don't you have a few little kind of chats about like yeah? So you, hey, I have I yeah. have I have twenty eight herpes group chats. With wow. 30 people in each, um, I have thrush group chats, bacteria vaginosis group chats, vaginismus group chats. So I started noticing that there was a certain amount of topics that kept popping up. And if it was something that I didn't know about, I was like, oh, I remember this person that I photographed had this. And so that's when I started connecting people that were coming to me with the same things. And then it just like grew and grew and grew and grew. Um especially the herpes, they just, if I open up a herpes group chat, it's usually full by the end of the day. So I've, I've started That's opening so them cool. up like once a week now. Because yeah. it's like so true. Who do they, the only person they really talk to probably about it is their doctor. Like, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, and they have, they 
have the comfort of sitting behind their phones and talking to these other people online that have going through the same thing. That's just in that's amazing. Yeah, we have a Zoom um, Zoom meeting, and there's going to be like 50 people in that that all carry the herpes virus, and it's just a safe place to yeah. discuss how to tell new sexual partners or what natural remedies to use if you're having an outbreak, um, and then. We're going to do a live on Thursday night talking about what we learnt in that group chat. But the Zoom is private, so people often struggle to um, voice that they carry the herpes virus because there's this Mm. stigma about it, um, which is such a shame because, you know, if you have a cold sore, no one ever says anything. They're like, oh, I've got a cold sore, but if it's on your genitals, people feel shame. Um, But there's a lot of people. I try to put like a few people in each group that are really comfortable talking about it um, and and they can help mm-hmm. the people that have just got the virus and then they might, you know, there's like people to guide them. So because I just don't have, yeah. there's not enough time for me to speak with every single person. So it's nice to connect people that have gone through whatever topic it is with um, people that are just starting to go through whatever it is. So they all help each other. <laughs> You're literally changing the world. egg. Like, <laughs> The world needs more of you you in it. More eggies. Thanks, I feel like every time I speak to you, I just like always have got such a big smile on my face. Like I don't <laughs> think I've ever let like you're just such a shining, shining darling. Yeah. You're just such a shining human. Honestly, like I don't oh. think that I know one person that would not want to be around you. Like honestly, I you, like, you never hear you say a bad word about anyone. Like mm. you're actually oh. probably one of the most amazing people that I know and I like I take my mm. hat off to you. I don't know, like you're you're amazing. I love you so much. I love and, you. So thank you. Yeah, and I feel like there's no oh, like not. everyone just feels so comfortable around you. I actually remember earlier this year. I think I was probably having a shit day. I don't know. You you came up to mine and you were going to stay for a few days and every time because Ellie's such a hippie she like literally lives out of her car for like half the time and so every time Ellie comes over to stay she just comes in with like bags of washing she's like I need a shower before we even chat I'm doing washing I'm having yeah, a shower she and I'm did like that to me she yeah. literally came to my house once and she was like she's like oh my god I've been literally I've been living up like in my car in cans I haven't showered for like a week or like two she's like I haven't showered for two weeks like I'm going on this date tonight direct do you have a razor that I can borrow so I can shave my legs I haven't shaved my legs in months I'm like you are one of a kind girl and I'm Paul's like where's Ellie I'm like fuck she's down there in the shower shaving her legs because she hasn't had a shower in two weeks and Paul's like like, what I remember. Oh my god! I'd been on the road for six weeks, living in that okay, six weeks. and I hadn't shaved my legs the whole trip. And we just got back, <laughs> and I remember saying to you, like Paul was like, "Your legs are out of control. You're going to go on a date like that." And then I was like, "Well, I don't really care." And Chloe, you were like, "Shave." And then, um, and then I was like, "I don't have a razor." And Paul was like, "Give the girl a fucking razor." And you were like, "Well, I'm not going to use it again after you." I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, she hasn't no, shed but- in six weeks. <laughs> oh, who knows what's growing in those leg hairs? It's jun- it's a jungle down there, Joel. No, but Ellie like comes in, like obviously finds her room, and then I remember you were in the shower, and I was like in your room waiting for you to come out, and I was just lying there. We barely even said hello yet because you just like volcanoed into the house. It was epic. And then you come in and you you just start like patting me on the head. I, I think you'd remember this. This was earlier this year. I remember and I fall really well. asleep for like 
easily an hour or two and I wake up Chloe's just rocked up you've just rocked up going where are you girls walking up the stairs and oh, we wake up in like one of the, on each other the spare rooms and I'm like oh my god we didn't even say two words to each other you just waltz in we just have a nap straight away and it was just the best <laughs> like I just fucking love you you're honestly the best you just it was like you knew what I needed I needed a little head tickle and I just yeah. fell straight oh, that's so oh that's so beautiful you. I miss you so much but okay everyone um where okay Elle, where can we find you and how can people yeah contact you if they if they want to join any of the groups and everything talk to us um so the instagram i'm very highly shadow banned so you have to write comfortable in my skin the full name with an underscore at the end um instagram hates me so they make it really hard to find me <laughs> um not realize what what good you're doing in the world no you can't write like masturbation or anything like that we'll, they hate it all. we'll also yeah. put some links in our stories that people can actually just click straight through to you so as well so if you yes. can't yeah. find her we'll help you out yeah, yeah and then there's a nice. facebook group which is called comfortable my skin chit chat and then there's the label page comfortable my skin underscore the label and yeah then you can find me and I don't let people add my personal Instagram because I'm a woo girl and people don't need to see that oh, don't yeah. wait all she posts on there is llamas anyway she's got a llama <laughs> obsession <laughs> <laughs> but anyway oh. yeah it's been so much fun and I love you girls so much and I'm so <laughs> Thanks so time. much, Ellie. That was so, so good. I loved every second of it. If you do, if you are watching it, um, I literally haven't taken the smile off my face the whole time. Same. Love you so much. Love you. Love Mickey. you. So much. Bye. Bye, Bye darling. Thank you.